Welcome to our podcast. As, As a, a matter of black. I'm Bowie. And it's your boy, Osiris Bali, a.k.a. Mr. Worrying About Me Ain't Never Gonna Make You No Money. <laughs> Drink your water and mind your business, because worrying about me ain't gonna make you no damn money. Mr. Worrying About Me ain't gonna make you no damn money at all. <sighs> Great. You like how I did that? I mean, it was okay. It's not... Not, not as good as your last two, but it's fine. You broke. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're back with episode four. Yeah, man. Um, today, still in King Boom Studios. Shout out to King Boom. Shout out to King Boom. And before we really jump into everything, I want everybody to know that we finally are on Spotify now. So you can go listen to the last episode as a matter of black episode title it's above me on spotify and this episode right here coming up will be on spotify as well so i guess i could have just said that part because you're gonna hear it on spotify if you already all right whatever man <laughs> so thank you thank you thank you to everybody that's been um continuing to support us thanks to everybody that's been asking about you know where we're streaming and where they can find us you can now find us on spotify yeah, and then after this week, you can definitely find us on like Google Play, Apple Music, all those. I'm taking a seminar, so I'm going to get all the information for the university. You're going to edit that part out. <laughs> you can get off my ass about that. <laughs> You're going to edit that part, boom, right? Okay. So, so come into a Google Play, iTunes, uh, Apple Music title station near you. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, okay, so hopefully this episode is going to be um, a little more light coming off our last episode. Would you agree? Most definitely. Awesome. Um, so should I start? Yeah. Should I start first? Okay, so the summer is here, right? Like it's been here for a minute. I think I, we can. It's safe to say that, that the summer has been here for a while, but it's kind of almost over too, right? So like it's ending July. It's almost almost August. So today we experienced a very very nice cool summer day. It was about seventy five degrees almost all day, and so guess what that means for me? No boob sweat. No boob sweat. <laughs> so, so the rest of the summer has been like really bad for me because I am a woman of a um, particular type, I guess you could say. I'm a very well endowed lady. I have boobs, big boobs. And, you know, I have a really hard time during the um, the hot months because my boobs sweat. And there's doesn't seem to be like a cure for boob sweat. Besides, I thought it was staying cool. But then this one time when I was at the bar and I was sitting at the bar and it was a cool bar because like the air conditioning was going 
and the fan was going and it was actually cold. Like I was inside of the bar. I was sitting with you, Bali, and I kept talking about how cold it was, but my boobs were still sweating. It was like a cup of liquid, like hanging out in my bra. <laughs> you don't look at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, I went on like this quest to ask my friends, my friend girls, and even like my my friends who aren't girls, what should I do about boob sweat? And nobody has a solution for me. Um, I would like people to stop telling me to put like flour and baking soda in my boobs. Because all that's going to do is make like a paste, like glue. And then my boobs are going to be stuck together. And then when I take my bra off, I'm going to have to be like, my boobs come like this. It's like two boobs in one. And I don't want to live like that. I want to have separate boobs with no sweat in the middle. So here's to more 75 degree uh, weather days the rest of the year. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. <laughs> if you can't find nothing <laughs> to keep your boobs dry, I suggest you get two things. One, uh, a portable generator. <laughs> two, an industrial box fan. What am I going to do with those? You can take the generator wherever you want to go and then set up your box fan in front of your boobs and, and let them stay dry. <laughs> no, that's not functional and or efficient. I know people who got food trucks. <laughs> they take generators wherever they go so they can just cook up on the spot, make that money, get them yams. <laughs> and get it popping and move why can't you move with a box fan I mean I guess I could get a food truck box fan apparatus thing maybe I should just drive around in a box in a in a food truck because it has a generator already nah nah I'm gonna tell you this is what you need to do you need to become the ice cream woman <laughs> so you can go sit back in the back of the freezer whenever your boobs get hot <laughs> Okay, Bali. <laughs> Mr. Wadaneke. No, no, no. What's his name? Mr. Okala. Bali, you're not helping me and my boob sweat problem. So I think we should move on from this topic. Oh, uh, okay. You don't want to pick this. I ain't got no boob this, sweat. This is edition one of Bowie's Corner. <laughs> topic is boob sweat. Boob sweat. What we got? What else we got on the agenda, yo? You know what I'm saying, um, man? Okay, so let's talk about your boy real quick, man. You know we talked about Khaled last episode. These dudes just be saying so much out of line stuff in hip hop nowadays. It's like almost gonna be a, a, a episode like a, a every episode occurrence. We gonna have to talk about something dumb that's happening in hip hop. So your boy JD, aka Jermaine Dupree, he recently um, made a statement on somebody talk show. Remember the talk show? What it was? Sway in the morning. I thought it was some. I thought he it was okay. Was Sway in the morning? So Jermaine Dupree from 
so so deaf records uh <laughs> decided to say man that um that too many women that are like prominent in hip hop are like th- their image is all like folks around like being sex symbols and they like strip act they seem like they strippers or he basically was saying that like they, they all they do is sell sex mm-hmm. uh, man and he said that's all that's that's the only females in it that's, that's all they doing in the game basically which I strongly disagree because I love hip-hop and I listen to so many different artists and I make it a point to go search for good artists out there so when he said that made that statement I had a whole lot to cap on him for that because it's like, man, first off, dude, you got your own record label. And um, to make a statement like that, I just felt like it was like real stupid. You know what I'm saying? Because raise your hand real quick. And I know y'all listening, but still raise your hand even though I can't see you. Raise your hand real quick if you can name one major record label that's ran by a woman. I I don't know. I don't know of any. I don't either. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't really know. I didn't watch the interviews. I don't know what prompted JD's uh, conversation. Oh, they. I think Sway maybe asked him who was his favorite rapper or something, female rapper maybe. I don't really know what prompted it. Um, but I thought I found it to be really interesting that he was talking about strippers, talking strippers who turned into rappers when you know Migos and Jay-Z even are drug dealers turned rappers Mm -hmm. right am I correct on that yeah 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 definitely man because you know it was it was just a real one-sided statement it's like right now the most popular sub-genre of hip-hop is trap music Mm -hmm. and so obviously you know what inspires trap music is like dope dealing and trapping you know what I'm saying? Um, and so we got a lot of trap rappers out there to the point where like the game is like almost seem oversaturated with trap rap. And he didn't mention none of that. And so like looking down on a woman because she might portray herself as like uh, a, somebody that sells sex or may show like some stripper tendencies. Shout out to all my strippers out there with those tendencies. Your boy still gonna love you. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a double standard because it's like, it's not okay to strip, but it's okay to sell drugs. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? So what if they do want to sell sex? I mean, that's just part of their personality, you know what I'm saying? As far as like an artist, if that's what they want to do, we can't hate on it. Either you're going to support it or not. Now, one thing I could say honestly is this industry is a white male dominated ran industry from an executive point of view. And so a lot of times and then secondly after that would be black men in in the hip-hop industry their opinions people think that like artists like pick their singles and pick their whole albums out just like we talked about last week we talked about executive producing that's basically somebody saying this is going to be the format for your album where the labels go beyond that and they pick what they want to hear and they, they pick what you what they want to be your single a lot of times they choose your image for you they give you a stylist um, they make decisions on who, what type of artist they're going to sign. And so right now the calling card for a lot of music is selling sex, and it's not just in hip-hop. It's in alternative music. It's in rock and roll. It's all over the board. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a popular thing to do in the entertainment industry just 
just in itself, beyond music, is selling sex. And so they're handpicking women who they feel like are sexy. They're giving them images. And, they, you know, a lot of these women sometimes, some of them do write their own lyrics, but a lot of them have ghost writers like we talked about last week or songwriters. Beyonce is the most popular and most uh, one of the most uh, influential artists in the whole world. She had a whole crew of songwriters to help her write her songs. And so a lot of times, even with these female rappers, they're not writing their lyrics a lot of times. But beyond that, you know what I'm saying, the image and the music is just a part of uh, uh, the industry, I'll say, like, kind of like the the factory the, 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 the factory uh, side of the industry. This is what they choose to package and product and ship on the conveyor belt out to put on the loading docks and push to the masses. And so for him to sit there and start, like, talking and disrespecting women, saying that's all that we have, uh, for one, you need to go at some of the label heads and the people in the industry that promote that if you have an issue with that. And then, two, man, please, damn, all you got to do is broaden your horizon. Like, have you never heard of 3D Naughty? Have you never heard of Rhapsody? You know what I'm saying? Tierra Whack, Carrie Foe. These are, and the list goes on and on. I'm just going to stop right there. But these are all women who are in the hip-hop industry who don't solely promote sex and don't use, like, just straight sex appeal to sell their music. They actually are, like, good artists that have, you know what I'm saying, dope uh, concepts for a lot of their songs. And, you know what I'm saying. I just want to add that you mentioned that those women also not focusing on bars, which ain't true. Like, even the strippers got the bars. Oh, the, the, <laughs> like, the stallion be having? <laughs> Meg D stallion, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she got two E's in there. D? Uh, man, she got bars, you know what I'm saying? Man, you can't say... Yeah, he don't be actually listening, man. He disconnected, man. He an old head, and he doing typical old head stuff, just like talking down on the new generation of the music because you are becoming more and more irrelevant. And so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't front like Cardi ain't making some good music. Like, man, when I first heard I like it like that, I was like, what? Well, I started hitting the, I started hitting the cha-cha and everything when I heard that. But like, just like <laughs> Eric, but just like any genre, we, you gotta take the good with the bad. It's a balance with it. And I'm not saying selling sex is bad, because think about the R&B game right now. What is every male R&B artist doing right now? I don't know of any male. Artist. What my what my what my do what my dude sing that song? E e e. You remember my dude? What's my dude's name? <laughs> Say he the new king of R&B, the prince of R&B. Oh. Yeah, what's his name? Jacquees. In my BED? What you think he was talking about? I have no idea. Biblical extravaganza <laughs> destination? <laughs> what? <laughs> what was BED posed to me? I know you. In my BED, he's selling sex. Now, if y'all think he's sexy, that's y'all a disorder. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I mean, he's still selling sex. I mean, how you feel as a woman about what he said, though, real talk? I mean, I guess I I don't really have much to add. I mean, kind of everything that you said, I I kind of I pretty much agree with. Um, although I do feel like, I guess my my issue was like the bigger, the bigger, um, the bigger issue of uh, people having to sell drugs and people having to strip kind of so like when he made this conversation 
about like the music industry and talking about like strippers who are, aren't strippers anymore who are now rapping, I kind of thought, well, there's a lot of things that people do to make money. And then when they want to get out of that lifestyle, like, you know, stripping, I guess depending on who you ask is a good, is a good thing or it's a bad thing depending on who you ask. The same thing for drug dealing, mm-hmm. slinging drugs is sort of the same sort of, you know, sentiment. People are cool with it. And some people have lots of issues with it, but I guess my issue uh, with his comment was just, you know, Oh, the overarching theme of like people having to be employed as strippers and drug dealers. And then when they decided they want to get out of those two industries, the only industry they had left to turn to is quote unquote entertainment, which to me breeds these sort of microwavable popcorn artists. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, like this popcorn artist, you know, this fly by night when, you know, they were at, um, oh God, I don't know any strip clubs, They, they but they were at the strip club. Okay, they were at whatever, like Joe Blow, they were at, um, damn, they was at the Players Club. And and Bernie Mac was like, all you do is spin records. Like he was talking to like (laughs) (laughs) Don't pay them country boys nothing. Like that was like they was in a spot like that and then they (laughs) (laughs) He from (laughs) Shut Town. Was one of my favorite movies. I've been waiting to use their reference. Hey, real talk. I'm sorry. Can you just tell the people? <laughs> Bernie Mac should have got an Oscar for that movie. I swear to God. <laughs> okay, okay. Get back on track. Okay. Okay. okay so they ha- they're hanging out at the strip club, right? Their names are being called by, you know, DJ Blue or whatever. And what? then, like. <laughs> And then they get off of the pole to go like to the DJ booth. I mean, to the 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 studio. And now they're a rapper, and it's just like maybe the problem JD was speaking to is just like there aren't enough alternatives for people to do other things besides get in the entertainment industry. And maybe that breeds sort of like the same like generic you know although his comments about women this blanketed comments about women and strippers i thought was really like unfounded especially since nobody can get control of bow wow and did he been rapping since (laughs) 1957 what he need to do is get bow wow like washed off and cleaned (laughs) up you know, and stop having him clout chase on who he smashed in 1913 at the turn of the century. And <laughs> yeah, like that's what JD needs to work on. And then we can move on from that. Well, as we moving on, I just want to send a quick shout out to um, trap rapper uh, Sean Jay-Z Carter. I want to send a big shout out to him. Uh, he got in the game back in the day off drug money, lost 92 bricks and had to fall back. Then he became a platinum selling hip hop artist. And he recently just got into selling uh, marijuana legally 
in the United States. Like real talk, no, he in that industry now. He just recently got in part of that industry in the last month. So now he went from a drug dealer turned rapper back to a legal drug dealer. So shout out to Sean Jay-Z Carter. This is your black history moment for as a matter of black. And like Jay-Z, we know you're listening. So so wait, Rock Nation, what's the name of the hove? I don't know. We know you're listening. So shout out to Jay-Z and the Beehive too, right? Because just inadvertently the same. I just got a message. Wow, we got to announce this to the people. Bali has a message to announce. Okay, so tonight as we were recording this uh, episode, it was just announced that the River Market District is now an entertainment district which means you can walk the streets with a drink in your hand, open alcohol containers on the weekends, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we got our own Bill Street slash Bourbon Street going on in Little Rock now, so that's dope. So I literally have been waiting for this to happen since I turned 21 um, because I visit a lot of places that have open container uh, laws or ordinances, and it's probably one of the most like the greatest kind of addition to any city I could think of so New Orleans is a lovely place where you can walk around with open containers Las Vegas is a lovely place where you can walk around with open containers I think um someplace in Alabama too the place we went to last year I think they have uh, yeah. what, what city was we in? were we in Montgomery I think it was Montgomery yeah Montgomery has open container ordinances or laws. And that just is an added element to the city. Um, it just makes things a lot more livelier. It is also a sign of progressiveness, I would say. So shout out to Little Rock for coming up with the with the whole idea. And yeah, that was just like a little little side note. And on top of that, also important. We became the first city in Arkansas to have a civil review board uh, for our local police department, so in Little Rock. So now we actually, there's a board situation set up to investigate and recommend uh, internal issues with the Little Rock Police Department. Do you know how that's going to work? You want my Twitter? Uh, I know a little bit about it. And I ain't gonna get in depth with it for the civil review board, but it's basically a, gonna be a a board compromised by the mayor and some people in the community to make recommendations on like basically internal investigations with the Little Rock Police Department, mainly around like police misconduct, officer involved shootings, and all and uh, pretty much all internal issues. So, uh, monumental night in Little Rock. You know what I'm saying? This Tuesday night because uh, those are two things that got passed that I did not think would get passed. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. We're going to keep it rolling and, you know, rolling and rocking. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Let's take it to a little serious topic. I'm going to let uh, the homie, the, it's been a viral sensation that's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's been a viral sensation that's been going on around uh, on the internet <laughs> in these grocery stores. Bowie, you want to tell them what, what your ignorant ass people been doing in these grocery stores? 
So they're not my people because my people would not do anything like this. But maybe about a couple of weeks ago, there was all there was like this viral sensation of people going around um, tampering with you know, products in stores. I think I saw a video with some lady go inside of a gas station, take off the lid of an ice cream carton, lick it, and then put it back in the in the refrigerator and walk off while they filmed it and like giggled. And then I think I saw another um another video of this man take off some take off take a gallon of tea off of a counter and spit in it, like open the container, spit in it, close it back up and put it back on the shelf. And there was some speculation that like, Oh, they're just kidding. And like, they they're going back to actually get the stuff that they're like tampering with, but none of that was like actually shown on the video. So nobody can really be too sure. So, First of all, I was extremely disgusted because, I mean, for lots of reasons, right? Like, we all are, you know, taxpaying citizens, like any of us that go inside of stores. We expect that the products that we purchase to not to not be tampered with, to be, you know, good and useful to us, um, to not have any type of, like, contamination, whether it's just, like, with germs or, you know, from, from actually it being manufactured, like wherever it's being manufactured, but also from the people who were handling it from transportation, when things are being exported, you know, all the way down to stuff being sort of like, you know, from inventory for the people who, who work at the stores, who, you know, take, who count the quantities of stuff that come in and from uh, the people that actually shelf it. So, you know, us sort of just being like regular citizens, we go into the store and we're kind of expected to be protected by all these sorts of, you know, um, I guess protocols or procedures that would allow for us to shop peacefully and have a peace of mind whenever we purchase something from the store and not have to worry about whether or not it's been contaminated. Um, so I think, you know, that was my first issue. Um, the other issue that I had with these individuals is that, um, like out of all the things you could literally be doing with your time, like out of all the things you could be doing, like even if you wanted to be self-destructive or destructive, like is there something else you could think about doing? Like, can't you like go and tag a building or something like that's kind of destructive. That's like vandalism, <laughs> but that's kind of that's cool vandalism. Like you got to have skill and you got to have talent to tag a train or a building. Yeah, a lot of talent to duck and dodge the police. <laughs> I'm done. That's all I had to say. <laughs> so like, aren't there yeah. like aren't there books? Ghetto track stop. <laughs> <laughs> Ghetto track stop. Ghetto Olympics, man. <laughs> aren't there books you can read? Like, you know, is there like a training or something? Isn't there a, a video on Instagram you could be watching? Like, isn't there like a flat tummy tea advertisement or something you could be supporting? Like, don't Kylie Jenner and them got a new, like, elixir 
for your nose or for to make your lips bigger or like you or your butt bigger like isn't there something else you could be doing besides messing with the good american people when they going down to walmart to purchase their goods yeah. hey cloud chasing cloud chasing ooh cloud chasing that's my new song right here but look let me tell you why y'all dumbass is about to get locked up playing them games like that, okay? <laughs> because you can't be messed. Like, that girl licked that ice cream. I don't even know why it went viral. I guess it was just a disgust of, like, the general public. But see, see, I come from an era where I had a black mama. I don't know about y'all. I don't know if y'all got black mamas. But my black mama used to teach me this right here. When you go in the refrigerator at them, the freezer in the, at the grocery store, you don't never grab the first one. You know what I'm saying? You go dig all the way in the back because more, more than likely, that's the person the person just put that one back there. You know what I'm saying? You get the milk. You get the milk. <laughs> that's going to be the milk that lasts the longest. <laughs> Ain't nobody touched this one nothing. Ice cream was the same way. Popsicles, frozen fries, all that stuff. You had to reach all the way in the back. See, I come from the area where I had a black mama. You know what I'm saying? So she taught me that. And, I, and to the, I, ain't, I love my mama. Shout out to you, mama, because you taught me the right way. Yeah, she, that girl that licked that ice cream and, and the dude that recorded it, he showed it had no mama. Cause, uh, and you know what else he didn't have? He didn't love the Lord because he see, he wouldn't he wouldn't sit there and let that girl lick that ice cream like that. Let somebody go by. But let me tell y'all why y'all about to get locked up for doing this type of stuff. Back in 1982, before a lot of us was even born, 1982, man, uh, it was this uh, these siblings or whatever that was mourning like the death of, I say, I want to say uh, like a family relative or whatever. And, you know, a lot of times when you're mourning or whatever, you get a lot of symptoms that make you feel like you're sick, but you're not really sick. It's just, the, you know, it's the stress on your body. And so they had like headaches, sore throat from crying and, you know, all that type of stuff. And these siblings that went in 1982 had went to the store to go get some Tylenol, got the Tylenol. And within, uh, I think, 48 hours, both of them died. And so found out what, what it was, was this Tylenol that they had got had been uh, laced with a crazy amount of cyanide. It was poisoned with cyanide. And they both died from heart attacks. And nobody could explain like why both of the siblings had just died after morning somebody died. Not only that. It was like five or six other people who, uh, you know what I'm saying, died from the Tylenol murders that year. And it was just like crazy. And then just later on down the line, that's when they decided to, uh, that's when the investigation found out that like somebody had been tempering with the cyanide, uh, tempering with the Tylenol bottles. Nah, you talking about the Unabomber? That was the mail package, dude. Nah, this is something different. And Anthrax too. That was all on the mail too. This is 1982, bro, in the 80s. So it ended up like I, it was over like five or six people that ended up dying just mysteriously, overtaking Tylenol. Then come to find out after the fact, you know what I'm saying? Somebody had been opening the bottles on the shelves or in the factories, or whatever. And putting cyanide in the bottles and everybody was just dying of heart attacks. So then, you know, when something makes national news like that, a bunch of deaths, Congress go into the next session and they start changing the laws and everything. So they put that that uh, that tampering law on there to prevent people that, uh, well, to prevent 
people going free for tampering with, with products because you messing with the integrity of these stores, you messing with the integrity of these uh these uh businesses or whatever. So now it is a felony offense to tamper with uh commercial products. So the next time you want to lick some ice cream and then they catch you and you document your own crime like a dumbass, you know what I'm saying? Don't get mad when you get hit with the felony charges. That's all I'm saying. Lose the cameras. Yeah, totally. Um, and the other thing too is uh so like tip what I I shop all the time and one of the things I do is like I read packages because I like to read and so I just read stuff all the time. And if you like get something, anything, like did you purchase at the store, it tells you not to use it if the seal is broken. So if you get medicine, if you get a drink if you get water like if you get a package of soap or something like that it tells you not to use it if the seal is broken so just like a you know cautionary tale to people like you know you the, in this day and age you ha- literally have to be careful about every single thing and now this includes you know being extra careful when you purchase stuff i've always been that way just because i got issues like i've got paranoia and anxiety and some other stuff that i be having to deal with on a daily basis so like open packages and open bottles and stuff like that don't even make it into my house like i'll leave it outside before i bring it into my house because i don't know what's popping and what people got going on these these days day in ages or whatever and so that's also something i feel like people should um be careful about when you're going out and you're shopping and you're bringing things home, especially if you paying your money. And if you bring something home and it's opened, don't be afraid to get your happy self in the car, drive it right back to the store, get a refund or get a brand new one. Yeah. And so, like I said, in 1983, Congress passed what they call the Tylenol Bill. So while y'all sitting out here licking for likes and clout chasing, <laughs> when you sitting in that prison, remember how social media influenced you on becoming a felon. That's what it did right there. That, that girl that licked that ice cream, ain't no telling what she, what's going to happen. They're going to make an example out of her if they ever catch her. I guarantee that. Man, facing 40. Hey, it's the law. It's the law. And then also in 1989, they made they, they, they passed a, a law to basically say, y'all need to make y'all products tamper-proof. So, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what's, what, what happened with the ice cream part of it, but consumer products are supposed to be tamper-proof. But uh, yeah, them Tylenol murders in 1982. Look, look them up in Google. It's not a game, man. PBS did a whole like little little uh, little little news series on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember. I remember um, watching that that story on like forensic files or something like that because it was like I think that the whoever was tampering with the with the the tablets were trying to kill. Like they were trying to kill somebody specifically, and then you end up killing a whole bunch of people, and so it was something like even, it was something yeah, like <laughs> some forensic files. I don't know. You could you could Google it. You could Google it. It's it's on the internet. You remember that unsolved mystery music? <laughs> that what that sound like right there. How you just gonna try to randomly kill somebody with something on the grocery store shelf? You so ignorant. No, Bali people. People are determined to kill people. Yeah. And what's, what, what else been going on in your world though? What's, what's been popping up in your mind lately? 
I mean, not a whole lot. I really, you know, besides like the boob sweat was the literally the main thing that I really wanted to talk about. Um, other than that, it really hasn't been a whole exceptional, like a, an exceptional amount of things happening in my brain. Um, I've been kind of staying away from the news, although, I mean, I did kind of hear some, some, some interesting commentary from Donald Trump. The orange man. Agent Orange, Cheeto Puff. Hey, <laughs> so the other day. Two the, fiasco. The, oh, Nelly has, Nelly has this line in, um. And his one of his songs from uh, Country Grammar. Don't tell you ain't talking about pedicure. I mean manicure toes. Is it? No, it's uh, no uh, not from Drop Down and Get Your Eagle On. It's uh, Grammar. Why you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's my bad. That's E.I. That's E.I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. It's like he's like now I'm knocking. Now I'm knocking like the something. Let me in now. Bill Gates, Donald Trump. Let me in now. Being now, I got money to something. My friends now, we in now. Something about lesbian twins now and something else. You don't know that line? Yeah, I know what you're talking oh. about. <laughs> you know more verbatim than I do. <laughs> um, anyway, I was just wondering if he, felt the, if he felt the same way, if he still want to knock on the door and be let in and sit at the table with Donald Trump. So, Nelly, if you listening, we need answers. Cornell, you heard, boy. <laughs> If you listening, hit us up. I think, but that go like go back to a conversation I had this week, and you know, what I'm saying you could tell us what disturbed you about Trump after this. But it's like, man, a lot of times in our communities and in the world, just in general, we realize that we respect money a lot of times over character. And so, uh, and before he was the president, he definitely had showed his failure in character and all his fa- his uh, character flaws and his racist and bigot ways, but it wasn't broadcast for the whole nation to like hear about it on a regular basis. And so, in his mind, in our minds, Bill Gates and Trump was just was just two rich dudes, and we like we want to be rich like them, not knowing that like, bro, do you know how messed up in the head you got to be to be Trump? And I don't know much about Gates. But you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. All I know is I seen his house when he was in Seattle. That mother looked like, uh, yeah, he he looked like he lived on his own island in Seattle back when I was went up there. But um, so Trump recently, you know, the squad. I don't, I, I, uh, I know, I think I know most of their names. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait till my, uh, my colleague look up all their names. You know what I'm saying. I know, uh, AOC in there. Yeah, let's 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 say their names real quick. Okay, let me look it up because I really don't know. Man, he got mad at the squad, man, and they like fight for like the average everyday American. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Alec, um, Alexandria Acoizo Cortez of New York, mm-hmm. Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, mm-hmm. Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts. Yeah, Ayanna Presley. That's what I was telling you about. And Rashida Talib, um, Talib, it's like to let I don't know, a Michigan. We so sorry, I can't pronounce the names. It's all good, man. We know who you're talking about. It's only one squad in the government right now, and so they had made some. They've been making like a lot of like waves because they're real progressive. They women of color and um. They like are like not backing down. They some strong women of color who uh 
taking a strong stance on a lot of issues that is really frustrating the Republican Party and in particular Trump. And so in Trump's frustration, he told them they can go back to where they came from. Can you believe that, Bowie? A president would say, "Go back to where you came from," and he ain't told none of his. He ain't told his ex-wife or his current wife to go back where they came. I wonder, do he do that in the, when he arguing with them? When they have disagreements, do, do he be like talking Melania? You like, oh, you don't like it? Oh, you don't like it? Go back to where you came from. Your first wife, dog, she was an immigrant too. Did he ever say, "Go back to where you came from"? To them, Wait, to her? Aren't his parents an immigrant? Your parents is immigrants. Hey, hey. Boom said all white people are immigrants. <laughs> let the jury, let the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> but I just wanted to bring up the points that, like, when I was reading their names, they it said that they were all from U.S. They all, states. They all, they all U.S. born. So they're all born in America. So I don't really know what Trump and his ignorance. Like I, this is this is the thing about Trump. Like it's really hard for me to get riled up by, about this dude because he says the craziest things all the freaking time, and there's no like rhyme or reason for why he says it. And sometimes it just make my head hurt. And it's just like if it's four women of color. Who are out here trailblazing, you know, making um, noise on behalf of American citizens, black women, especially black men and other di- uh, disenfranchised, um, unempowered people. Then I say you ladies are doing a great job. Don't worry about what Donald Trump got to say. What I was going to bring up earlier is that, you know, I was sitting talking to a few of my coworkers last week. And somehow we started talking about, dude, don't ask me why or how, but just the conversation about him is was being brought up. And I can't remember what what um, the sentiments were, but I kind of went back to the thing I said. I think it was maybe episode one or maybe it was episode two, but it was just like, dude got a lot of problems. Like, he's racist. He's bigoted. He's stupid. Like... And he ugly. And I just would, I feel like he need to pick a struggle. Like, you can at least be attractive. Like, you, America is known for, like, their beauty standards. Like, you can at least be, got a nice toupee or at least get a nice dye job on the toupee and not be, like, with male pattern baldness. Boy, you crazy as hell. <laughs> Talking about pick a struggle, huh? <laughs> that still sounds like white privilege right there to me. <laughs> Talking about some pick a struggle. Hey, you know what? I feel you, though. I really would. <laughs> I don't think he just, I don't think he's going to stop being racist or a bigot. Uh, when it comes to looks-wise, you know, I like the lady, so I ain't got really much to say about him. But I do got a little comment on his clothes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just want to know who this main tailor is because his suits be looking like they was something that the shepherds would wear. You know what I'm saying? They be baggy like the shepherds would wear. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole, you got the whole, like the, you know what I'm saying? Like your, your suit just don't, it's just ill-fitting. You know what I'm saying? That mother just, yo, yo, the back of your suit jacket just, you know, just slouch on your back, huh? It's a wrinkle on the, on the, on the top of your back, huh? You ain't... You, you, got the, you, you ain't even gonna get no crease in your slacks, dog. You know what I'm saying? 
You ain't you you just gonna wake up and and wash your hair, but you ain't gonna style it or comb it or nothing. That's also I think that's also like the epitome of male of, of white male privilege is that you got all these problems. You are the president of the United States, like. If at the very least your appearance should matter, like people take pictures of you all the time, and you just look like you literally rolled out the bed, like your tie is the length of your body, like the, your tie is the length of your torso, and like even I know that's inappropriate. That is white male privilege at its finest. So, from as a matter of black, we are starting a petition. Trump, you need to put your clothes in a robot's class. <laughs> put your clothes in a robot's class so them hoes can fit. Because <laughs> your tailor is inaccurate. <laughs> and your stylist, that wasn't scheduled for them. They need to change, change their profession, bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're... How are we doing on time? Are we doing okay oh, on time? We ain't even on an hour yet. Oh, great. We're like in 50 minutes. Oh, I was gonna mention maybe um maybe his like his uh glam team maybe his glam team are uh maybe they own them edibles or something like maybe they own an edible or maybe they own a good narcotic or maybe like they own boo they smoking the boo boo or the boo boo. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to segue into our into our segment about paranoid and happy high, but I guess it didn't work. Oh man. <laughs> hey, so by round of applause, how many of y'all had a happy high? We speak we speaking on marijuana, by the way, people. <laughs> All right, by round of <clears throat> by round of applause. How many people have experienced a paranoid marijuana high? Clap your hands if you have for that too. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> okay. Uh, Bowie, with your pistol gri- <laughs> grip chin looking self. <laughs> I had to roast you because I was just feeling like it. Uh, <laughs> Hey, tell us, tell us your uh, your experience with both of them real quick. Happy high, paranoid high. First of all, I don't appreciate (laughs) you trying to roast me for no reason at all. But that's okay. I got you next time. So you roast people. You roast me all the time. This is true. You are. You you straight roast. I do roast him all the time, but I'm not as quick witted as him. Not like that. I'm not mean. Is what it is. You mean. I'm not mean. Yes, you are mean. Yes, you are. My mean takes time. I gotta work up to my mean. But Um, generally speaking, I'm pretty nice. You get personal. I do get personal. That's why I'm not mean. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) I don't even know what a pistol grip is. That shit was funny. I don't care. <laughs> okay, you y'all need to focus tonight. I don't even know what's wrong with y'all. You're almost done. 
Okay, so I will start out by saying that um, I don't have very many stories on this topic because, you know, it's not really my thing. I'm more of a drinker. But I will say that this one time, it was actually the very first time I partook. Is partook a word? Partook. And um, I smoked and drank at the same time, which probably was not a good idea. And... um, the what I experienced was, I guess it was paranoia, but it was a weird paranoia because all it felt like it just felt like every time I drank water because I get really thirsty when I like have these things going on, it just felt like it was something crawling on the top of my lip, and like every time I like took a swig of a of my drink, it felt like there was some like a bug or something like crawling on my lip and I just literally spent the rest of the day like not drinking anything because I was like I don't know like if it's something in the water or something like crawling up my nose or like on my top lip I just knew it was not something I wanted to experience and so I just didn't like drink the rest of the day and that was really like the only sort of paranoia I experienced but generally speaking like whenever I like if I have an edible or if I smoke or something like that like I get the biggest case of giggles so it's just like the giggles I have now but like on 150,000 million more giggles you ain't saying no words at this point basically I ain't saying I can't like I giggle so much I can't laugh. I mean I can't talk. And the last time I remember that happening was Christmas Christmas Eve um, at my cousin's house. We all decided we was gonna have this powwow. We all went and bought the same matching sweaters. And I decided I was gonna take an edible before I went to their house. But I was the only one that was like in on the secret. And I thought that I had been doing pretty good taking like the amount of edibles that I was. So I was like, oh, well I've been doing pretty good with like half of a half. Let me go ahead and do like, you know, three-fourths of the thing and so I just ate like a bigger amount of it and um it didn't really activate until I started driving and I was like driving I was like feeling really really good it's so beautiful outside if I get to my cousin's house I had to get all this stuff out her car out of my car and I opened all four of the doors. Like I went on one side and opened one door and I went on the other side, opened the other door. Then I went back around to the front, opened the front door on the other side. And then all four of my car doors was open. And I was just like trying to get all this stuff out of her car. And then I took it all upstairs and the whole time I'm giggling, laughing and everybody's like, what's so funny. And I had to like <laughs> pretend like something was funny. And I was just like, don't you think it's funny that like we have on the same sweaters <laughs> and they was, like, was kind of like what and then the other like the flip side of that though was I was so high that I was like oh my god like this is the highest I've ever been and then it kind of turned into like a paranoid thing because I felt like I had to keep calm and like not let everybody know I'm high so I kept like trying to open my eyes like I tried to make my eyes like bigger because I felt like they were like closing and so I <laughs> so I'm sitting over in the corner like trying to keep my eyes open and then I was like you got to get your life together because if your cousins find out you over here high they're gonna tell everybody that you know 
and you're gonna have to explain and you don't want to do that and then i came down and it was great well <laughs> look and she's still laughing shout out to the edible that never digested <laughs> barry you know what i'm saying uh you know i, I feel like people need to just straight up legalize marijuana uh, this country has locked up so many black and brown people for possession and selling marijuana and now they're starting to make millions and even probably close to billions of dollars off selling it legally and we can't name one marijuana death yet after hundreds of years of marijuana being in this country uh, we can't name no type of cancerous disease or sickness that's linked to marijuana and so you know stories like this these are should be considered testimonials because uh we need to legalize it and stop locking people up because we lost so many people to incarceration for something that they're using medicinally now and that's definitely not as it's definitely better than alcohol so and tobacco and over-the-counter pills and prescriptions and all that type of stuff. Yes, yeah, right there. No. But. Where's the Hennessy? Oh, yeah. Pass the Henny, why don't you? Pass the Henny. But so, yo, check it out, man. So I used to, I used to, I used to do a lot of chiefing back in the day, man. And like, like, like Bowie said, like I used to just get the giggles, like a mug. We would just go chill out at Denny's, or I hop a Waffle House, and just laugh for two hours as we ate pancakes and you know what I'm saying you finna you look she that's some Mac Almond stuff you doing right now man you gonna put look man give me my Henny back while you pouring it all up in that beer can man I said you pouring it in a beer can you tainting the Hennessy when you pour it in the beer can look at you look at you that's why you coughing over there look at what you've been doing that's what you get she over pouring Henny my Henny in a beer can man that's some Mac Almond stuff if I ain't never seen Anyway, back so yeah, back in the day, man, we be chiefing, man, be straight giggling all the dang time, you know what I'm saying? And so my first experience was like a paranoid joint. It was me and my boy Jay. Shout out to my boy Jay. I hope he ain't listening because I'm so embarrassed. He's like two years younger than me. He was trying to teach me how to like not be paranoid, and we were in high school. So, so we ride down university, man. We start smoking. You know, you know, nice size bleasy. You know what I'm saying? And uh, shout out to him, man. He hooked me up, and we were riding university. We, we was riding through Southwest at first. It's dope. And uh, <laughs> and man, we got to university, and man, we was listening to some, uh, you know, what I'm saying, listen to some music. We was listening to Kanye, and it was on like repeat. And it was like, at least it was on repeat in my mind. <laughs> Listen to Kanye, it all falls down. And man, all I kept on hearing was, it all falls down. I just kept on hearing Selena Johnson telling me it was all falling down. <laughs> I was thinking like, in my mind at some point it, it switched to me. I was like, it's falling down right now. My life is falling apart. My heart started beating all fast, stuff like that. I went from like 65th University. I said, hey, man, take me to the hospital. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what? I said, I'm going to die. Man, he ain't even make it to like, you know, remember where the uh, McDonald's and the Shell used to be? He ain't make it to that. I mean, I started praying. I was like, 
God, please save me for this. I was like, if I die, man, tell my mama, I love her. Tell my daddy, I love him. Tell my brother, my sister, I love him. I said, tell the whole CRU, the whole crew, I love him. I started naming everybody in the crew. By the time we got to that shit across the street from Euler, I was like, I'm not going to die. I'm good. <laughs> He was literally about to have a heart attack because he thought I was dying. He was speak. He was going down like 90 down university. He was like, dude, what's wrong with you? I said, hey, man, let's just go in the shell station and get a grape soda. <laughs> and like, he wouldn't let me live that down for the rest of the night. So the rest of the night, he was just like, we would stop by different people places and we were still smoking. He was like, yeah, you know, he thought he was done earlier today. He was telling everybody. I was like, shut up. That's Leave I, me alone. That's why I couldn't tell my cousins what I was going through. Yeah, man, you can't tell nobody. But but every other experience, uh, maybe like one more paranoid situation, I ain't gonna get into. <laughs> but make sure you're around some good people who have some good conversation. If you got a high going on, because you'll enjoy it the most, man, with great conversation, great music, and just a festive environment. So happy high is always good. I was happy high so many times in my life, and it was just. Always a story to tell afterwards. Now, it's a story to tell after being paranoid, too. But happy how, for some reason, you don't be seeing life like, like, like you know what I'm saying, like it used to, like it was feeling. I remember I was happy how one time in the club. And I went and bragged to my boys about how happy I was that I had just bagged the, the I just, I was like, I just got the finest girl number in the club. I was tipsy and happy how. And I was all over her. You would have thought that was going to be my wife. You know what I'm saying? She was dancing on me. She was offbeat, but I was like, ooh, she's so cute with the offbeatness. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to help her catch her rhythm. And my boys was like, you sure you want to do that, man? I was like, yes. <laughs> she bad. Y'all mad. <laughs> uh, we went on our date the next day. All I'm going to say is she, in my, in my, in my view of her looks wise, she went from... A cool, like, Neil Long looking chick with, like, bifocals on mm -hmm. to Myrtle Urkel. And <laughs> shout out to Family Matters if you ever seen Myrtle Urkel. And my boy was like, I was trying to figure out what's wrong with you. I was like, bro, I was so happy <laughs> and so tipsy that it fogged my vision. We was having a good time. We were dancing all type of songs. I was like, she can't even dance, but I'm getting it. And she fine. <laughs> So, you know, that's my happy high experience. And shout out to the paranoid because it'll teach you how to it'll teach you how to take baby steps. Got got to crawl for you walk. So, I do got a PSA as it relates to paranoid high people. Paranoid high people, if you're listening. If you paranoid high listening to this podcast. I'm talking about you. Tell them. Quick being paranoid high in public because you is ruining everybody's fun, okay? Like, if you can't partake of whatever it is you partake in and you can't be just chill, like you worried about when you see the police or lights mm -hmm. or you worried about the smell or you think people you know, mad at you or you think somebody talking about you or something. I'm not asking you. I'm not saying you got to stop. I'm just saying you don't need to be out in public. Because you're ruining everybody's fun. 
Boom. Boom. King Boom. Okay. Kill you? Oh, yes. Listen. Nobody's trying to kill you. Nobody's trying to beat you up. Nobody trying to take your girl that don't even exist or your dude that don't even exist. Don't nobody want your drawers or your bloody shoes or your bundles or your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't nobody want your Honda CRX sitting on three hubcaps. Don't nobody want your minivan (laughs) with one broke door (laughs) and no carpet (laughs) and with the panels with the panels panels uh, panels tore all up. Okay, let's get the four ingredients, man. All right, this has been a really fun episode. Thanks, Boom, again for having us. Thanks, Bali, for you know just you know wasting everybody's time. Roasting. Okay, once again. Man, tell them what the four ingredients again so we can get up out of here. Uh, yes, so our favorite segment of the show is for ingredients. This is for all of our um, beer snobs, a.k.a. beer nerds, a.k.a. beer connoisseurs, or a.k.a. beer adventurers. Connoisseur. The beer, the beer curious. Yeah, if the, you're a beer curious. The beer purist, even. Oh, or even the beer purist. So four ingredients are, I forget every time, yeast, water, barley, and um, hops. Those are the four ingredients to make a perfect beer. You mix it with flavors, you ferment it, you do all the other sorts of things, and then you got a perfect brew. And Bali's bringing us the brew of the day. Thank you for bringing the brew of the day. <laughs> it's your boy, Osiris Bali, Mr. Last night I took an elbow tonight, cat, cat. Bouncing back. <laughs> so uh, it's my turn. So you know I love IPAs for the people who know me. This one is the Ballast Point Fathom IPA. You know what I'm saying? Let me let, let me let y'all hear that a little bit. Already, bet you know. So so you know we ain't over here just straight flexing. We is sipping too as well. Ballast Point Fathom IPA. That's out of like I think want to say San Diego, California. Know how to party. Ballast Point. It's about six point oh ABV. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ballast Point usually real good with the IPAs. I have not tried this one, but I'm about to you know sip on and me, uh, Bowie and Boom. Uh, you you like how we all up in the three B's in the room? Bali, Bowie, and Boom. Alliteration for all of our English nerdy people, poets and stuff. For all you blurds. <laughs> Selena just gave y'all some of y'all English composition class. Alliteration. All right, so let, let's take a sip and see how it, let's see what it what it do to me, all right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Already. Um uh, I'm I'm gonna tell you uh it ain't as hoppy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, it got a little hop to it. Seemed like a little bit more on the lighter side with it. Uh, got a nice little flavor. You probably want to pour it up real cold just so you can, you know what I'm saying, get that real satisfying look. But if you like IPAs, it's real hoppy. This is a little bit lighter on the lighter side of the hoppy, but not like super light. Like it ain't like no Founders IPA light. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying, they got a, like a... We got a it got a okay taste to it, you know what I'm saying? It's it's nothing real unique, I'll say that much. 
But it, like nonetheless, I, I would still, you know, saying get a six pack of this. Mm. Little six pack. This 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 some day drinking or uh, IPA right here. If you ask me, what you think, boy? I would say the same. It's pretty light. Um, I like my um IPAs to be a little like robust, you know, because I drink around. So Bali don't really drink around. So like a light IPA is cool for him. But if I do like a light IPA, I might as well do like a wheat beer, in my opinion, because the flavor is not as like strong or intense or even it like six point though. I say that. Okay, and that's. That's actually the ABV is is nice. So you could you could have a. I'm actually I already had one, but I also had some Hennessy. Hey, actually that's not important. I didn't have Hennessy. I'm not drinking. I'm not. This is my first drink right now, so never mind. Boom! You got some critique on it. Boom! I mean, I got a little critique because you know. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a bit of an alcoholic, <laughs> but um, as far as this beer goes, you know, I, I did my little. Taste test, and shit was kind of fire, but then I downed it. But um, just like Bowie, you know, <laughs> I done had some other drinks in my system, so I can't really uh, speak to the buzz. But I'm sure on a, a a brunch day, lunch day, you have like two of these, you're gonna be all right. Like it's a it's a pretty decent drink. It tastes real good. Like my man's body said, it's 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 hoppy, but it ain't like overbearing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It don't overwhelm you. It's actually a pretty decent drink. How much for the six pack? How much was this? Uh, the six pack we went to over there, you know, on the north side. We went over there to the to the one on Broadway. They hit for nine ninety nine over there, so that ain't bad. You That's know, not bad, yeah. for the IPA six yeah. pack, you know, what I'm saying you gonna get you you gonna get your money's worth. You, you know, bang for your buck. Like instead of buying a Budweiser, you should get this. <laughs> Man, <laughs> are you Bud? Ice sipping, Bud Light, Miller High Life, Bush, <laughs> Bush. Yeah, yeah. Miller Milwaukee, High Miller High Life, Milwaukee's best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me, <laughs> oh, oh, let me, let me sip it out the paper, paper bag type. Boy, y'all better step your game up. Step your game up. <laughs> we craft sippers over here, baby. <laughs> Big craft sip is over here, baby. <laughs> when we got the money, <laughs> I, I will downgrade to a Heineken <laughs> when the po- when the pockets is on ain't on swole like they normally is. Okay, <laughs> hey man, Heineken. That what? That's Bud Light, anything like Miller Light. Uh, already and exactly. Well, exactly, man. So I mean. If you still sipping that still reserve, I understand your ways. Yeah. You might have that dollar fifty. That's all you got. Uh, but, oh man, we finna go into a hole. <laughs> Come on, Black Dynamite didn't showed up in this joint, man. We gotta go, man. We having a lot of fun, man. It's your boy Bali, man. I'm signing out. And I'm Bowie. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Thanks for enjoying another episode of As As a Matter Matter of Black. Black.